everybody, Coach John here. Just wanted to give you a quick introduction here as to um, this uh, next interview. It's the first interview with uh, more than one person, and it's one that I've been toying about and thinking about doing for a long time, and I'm really glad I reached out uh, to interview this this couple. Uh, they're my parents, and uh, a while back I had asked my dad if uh, I could interview him on the podcast, and then uh, a couple days later, uh, first of all, he, he did say yes, which was great. Uh, a couple days later, uh, that's when he had a little incident where he fell and uh, broke his leg, and that led to uh, a few months of being out of commission, and uh, the podcast interview never happened. But um, here over spring break, I had a couple days to where I went out, spent the night, had a nice dinner, and just, you know, we sat around and we talked, and I threw it out to both of them. They both agreed, kind of laughed a little bit, and we had a real good time, and it's definitely something I'd like to do more of uh, with my parents. So this one is very special. This one, out of all the guests uh, that I've had, a couple on the recent podcast and a few on the ones before uh, years ago. This is obviously the most special to me. Uh, so sit back, enjoy, um, just ask them a few questions, and uh, we had a great conversation, great time, and I learned a little bit about them that I didn't, knew, didn't know before. Um, but hopefully you'll find out some things too, and maybe what makes me tick a little bit and where I came from as far as my parents. So I'm definitely blessed to still have both of them uh, in my life, and I really had a good time talking with them. So sit back and enjoy the podcast with both my parents, Howard and Mary Ellen Daly. Thanks. Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here, back again uh, with a couple special guests. Out of, out of all my guests that uh, I will probably be having on my podcast here, these two are probably the most special mainly because they're my parents. Uh, this is Howard and Mary Ellen Daly. I'm out here visiting, got some time off of work, and we're having uh, some fun time together. So I'll let them introduce themselves and say a little something, whatever they want to say about growing up, wherever they grew up at, even though I know the answer, you guys don't. But uh, here's my dad. This is Howard. Hi, Howard here. Uh, yeah, I'm the famous father. And... Uh, a lot of stories I can't tell you about John. <laughs> <laughs> Some might come out. <laughs> Originally, I was born in New Jersey. Uh, grew up there in North New Jersey, and it's a good place to be from. After high school, joined the Navy. After the Navy, I came to Ford and worked as a computer operator. And I'm still here. Met my wife there at Ford. And uh, in fact, Mary Ellen, you're on. Take it away. Hi, I'm Mary Ellen. Uh, I guess I'm the wife that he met at Ford. Um, yeah, I was uh, born back in Seneca Falls, New York, which is a famous little town for the women's suffrage movement way back when, before my time. And then we moved to Batavia, New York, when I was, let me think, I was going into first grade. And Batavia is a little town halfway between Buffalo and Rochester. So uh, I know winters very well. And I really never thought I believed in climate change, but believe me, the winters today are not anything like they were back then. Um, went to grade school, Notre Dame High School back there. Came out to Michigan for college at Mary Grove College. Went to work at Ford Motor Company. And... Um, First day I met Howard, I was working in the computer room. 
And uh, he looked at me and he says, our kids are going to have blue eyes. Well, I thought he was crazy, but they do have blue eyes, both of them. Um, That's right. I remember. You know, you know. And um, have lived in Northville for 40-some years now where John and his sister Laura grew up. Great place to uh, bring up a family. Um, growing up back in the 50s, back in New York State, was a heck of a lot different than today. But it hadn't changed that much when John and Laura were growing up. Um, they'd go out in the morning, play with their friends, call them home for lunch. They'd go back out again. In the summer, of course, they did go to school once in a while. And um, call them back home for dinner. Uh, so things were pretty much the same when they grew up as when I grew up, except for the fact that by the time they got in high school, they did have a car to drive, um, where when I grew up, there was one car in the family. And the dad went off to work, my dad, and uh, my mother stayed home. I walked to school every day, rain or shine. And uh, I was telling John today, I even roller skated to grammar school once in a while on nice days. Um, but we, um, it, it was a great upbringing. I still uh, correspond sometimes with some of my high school friends who are scattered all over the country now. And uh, I still correspond with some of my college friends, but most of my good friends are the friends that I met in Northville when we, uh, when we moved here in 1971. Mm -hmm. So um, I think John and Laura were pretty lucky that we moved here. They have a lot of good friends, and uh, we, uh, we're sure happy that we, uh, we did that. So that's, uh, that's my story. Oh, besides that, I am 76 years old now, eek, but I'm still working very part-time for a CPA firm. This may be my last year, and uh, Howard retired quite some time ago, so I don't know how he's going to adjust to my <laughs> retirement. Uh, he says he's going to give me a retirement party at Costco with hot dogs. <laughs> so I want to make sure I know the date so I can make plans to go someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I still enjoy working. Uh, I was a math major, didn't want to teach. John will say I didn't like kids. <laughs> but uh, so back then, there weren't many occupations for women who didn't want to teach or become a nurse. Mm -hmm. But I became a computer programmer. Nowadays, I have a problem with my apple, and I call the grandkids, and they let me know what to do with it. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much my story. We, uh, we're pretty lucky. And uh, I asked John if I could edit these questions, but he hasn't asked me any questions yet. So uh, maybe <laughs> you'll hear some more. That's me. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I've given them uh, total uh, editorial power on, on anything they want deleted out of here. So, uh, so far, so good. I don't think there's been anything said that uh, they would want deleted. Um, I have mentioned a few times on this podcast, um, whether it be with my buddy Jeff Lipp or uh, maybe my intro podcast, that um, I have, I figure, I, I won the parent lottery because, you know, growing up with, with these two um, was special. Didn't know it at the time, as far as being a teenager especially, but quickly looking back, I was able to see um, 
Thanks. The great benefits of growing up as, as their son. Um, yes? I have a comment. I think he's trying to get back in our good graces <laughs> and get back in the will. <laughs> Didn't know there was one or even if I was out of it already. <laughs> but um, no, we, we were definitely blessed and highly favored. And I, I often look back now um, at both of, both of their lives, um, especially... Uh, my dad from the standpoint of if he hadn't, I always tell people he had like three factors going for him um, that kind of helped change his life. The Navy, uh, Aunt Doris, his Aunt Doris, and my mom. The the three factors there, the trifecta I think for, for my dad. Um, got him squared away. Got him squared away, got him going in a good direction. I wonder, out of all the stories, I know there's many, um, how close was it that you didn't go into the Navy? And then what was your other choices? Or were you forced into it? Did you do it on your own? How did that come about, you getting the Navy and getting that uh, computer programmer training? Well, I was fortunate that I had enough smarts, I guess. That, uh, I did well in high school, but... Nobody in the family went to college. Mm. It wasn't even on the books for me. It wasn't an, it wasn't an alternative. Uh, either go out and get a, a menial job or I went in the Navy for a trade. It's funny, when I went in the Navy, I flipped through the, the books, the, the uh, jobs available. I said, oh, I want to become an engine man. Engine man. Fix diesel machines and uh, diesel engines. Then I flipped through the book and I saw... A picture of a wave operating a IBM machine. I said, wait, if there's a woman, that's for me. <laughs> and that's, that's how I got into this. And uh, fortunately, like I say, my marks were good enough in, 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 uh, in the Navy. Aptitude to test and all, uh, I got what I wanted. And they gave me computer training. I got a good job at Ford, and here we are. Made a good, good living for the families. Okay, is that enough, Jan? That's good. That's good. So I was wondering um, the encouragement that you, you you had nobody talking in your ear about you're going to college, you're going to college, you're going to college. Nope. Nobody. Yeah. And so it was that it was that comment of you know you're going to go out find a job, and start taking care of yourself, and you kind of had the street smarts enough to know well okay that's a good option, but there's something else for me out there. Yeah. And so you found that in the Navy. What what kind of role did Aunt Doris play in your life as far as uh, helping you out? Well, I'll tell you, my Aunt Doris, she was only 12 years older than I. She married a guy who was in the paratroopers much older than her and uh, lived up in northern New York, up near Lake Placid. And it's a place where I could go to in the summer. And it got me out of the city because being in the city of Newark was not good, not a good influence. So I got up there in the, in the mountains and, boy, the, uh, my Uncle Dave, her first husband, was a forest ranger. And I went up there and spent the summers with him. And he, they lived in the woods. They had a cabin in there, a forest ranger cabin. And his job was to clean the trails and bow the lean-tos. Once a week, we'd go to, go to town and get the food and carry it in our backs. 
that's a good influence on me. And then as I got older, I got jobs in town. My grandmother was living with them, so she kind of kept an eye on me. And uh, they, they went into the woods. And uh, living up there in Antares was a, a great influence on my life and got me out of the city. I can't thank her enough for that. What an influence she was on me. Mm. It wasn't easy on her, <laughs> but a lot of my good friends were up there in, in Keene Valley, it was. And uh, climbed most of the mountains up in that area. It was just good, good wholesome living. But uh, it's all changed now. She sold a house up there, and my friends are all gone or dead. And Hey, here you go. But Aunt Doris is still around, and you, you talk to her frequently, don't you? I do. I try and call her every couple of weeks or so. She's in Rhode Island. She had one son from a second marriage, and uh, he has a son. So she moved back there to, she and her second husband moved back there to be near the family, that family. And, uh, unfortunately, her second husband died, Uncle Fonz. Mm -hmm. Good guy. But uh, I've been blessed. I've been blessed with the influences I've had in my life. Uh, the Navy's kept me squared away. Like I say, it taught me a good trade. And, uh, life is good. Awesome. Good. Thank you for sharing. So, Mom, the math major. <laughs> Growing up, uh, <coughs> number one, were you, how were you in school? And number two, did you have Grandma and Grandpa your mom and dad whispering in your ear about going to college or kind of a direction that they thought you should go into for life. What was, what was the upbringing there? Okay. Well, back in the small town of Batavia and in my family, um, it was just expected that I would go on to college. Mm. I never questioned whether I would or wouldn't. The question was, um, well, there was never a question with my father that I would go to anything but a Catholic school, <laughs> Catholic college. And my older sister went to Marquette in uh, Milwaukee, but I didn't want to go that far away. I had a lot of friends. I thought, oh, I'll never see them again. Um, so Detroit was not quite so far. So I went to this girl's school, um, and I did well enough in, in high school. That, uh, and I, I always liked math. Um, I hated physics. You had to take physics, but uh, I always liked math. And I remember one time, I might have been a junior or so in high school, my dad took me down to, I believe it was Endicott, New York, where IBM at the time mm. was just starting. So my dad was kind of a visionary as far as computers go. Uh, he knew they were coming, and... Uh, Went down there and just to take a look, and it fostered an interest in me. Oh. Um, and I, I still remember that. Um, but in my dad's family, um, I had uh, an aunt, Aunt Agnes, who um, she was the first woman lawyer in Monroe County, which is encompasses Rochester, New York, and she never went to law school. Um, she just studied on her own, was a law clerk, and... Um, she became a lawyer. Mm. So I think she was a bit of an influence, too, on higher education. Um, so that's how I, um, I got to college. I mean, there was, there was no question 
And I think maybe Arjan and Laura were brought up in that same manner where they never said, well, I don't want to go to college. They never, I mean, it was just... No question. No question that they were going to go on to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, that was my experience in uh, going on to school. But uh, I, like I said, I didn't want to become a teacher, so the other option was a computer programmer. And from that, there, I became an accountant. And um, I still balance the checkbook, if you can hear <coughs> it today. So that's, uh, that was my experience with school. Mm. It's awesome to hear the stories of, uh, of Grandpa being a, a visionary. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going to his office. Uh, we worked at the bank, and then he worked as a controller for the cement company. Mm-hmm. You know, and playing with the typewriters and, and the phones and, yeah. and stuff like that. That was uh, That's interesting to hear. Very interesting to hear. So besides Mom, your family, your parents, uh, my grandparents talking about going to school. Was there anybody else, uh, teacher-wise, uh, did you play any sports in school? Was there a coach that, that influenced, here, here comes a great story, that influenced you, that gave you good advice, that had an influence on you as far as your life? Thank you, John, for asking about sports. <laughs> You're back in the will. <laughs> um, well, when I went to high school, we had priests and nuns teach and uh, my history teacher was also the girls' basketball coach. Mm. And Howard is just hiding under the table. He doesn't want to hear this story again. <laughs> but back then in the 50s, basketball rules for girls were different than boys. Mm. We played on the same court, but there were six people to a team, three guards and three forwards. And we only played half court. The three guards on one side, (coughs) the three forwards on the other. And we could only dribble the ball twice, and then we had to pass. Um, I could never (laughs) shoot the basket, so I was a guard. But um, I I played for four years, and and that that not really did influence some of my choices. I I love sports today, Mm -hmm. mostly uh, baseball. used to listen to, my dad would listen to baseball games on the radio, uh, outside when he was doing work, he'd have the radio plugged in, of course, you know. Uh, and I still listen to the ball games on the radio. Um, but, um, yeah, I think that those people influenced me uh, in high school. And most all of my friends went on to college, either the boys in my class or the girls. Um, so that, uh, that was pretty much uh, my influence. Again, thank you, John, for asking about my basketball career. <laughs> it was fun. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm obviously you know been coaching basketball for a while. Thanks to my dad getting me started way back, oh, 1982 or something like that. Um, what was your mom? Quick follow up. Um, what was the the team that you guys followed? It was your dad a fan of? Was it like you know the Yankees, the Giants, or was it the smaller um, teams that were in Batavia, Rochester? Were they on, were those games on the radio? Oh, in upstate New York, we hated the Yankees. <laughs> I still don't like the Yankees. Um, we followed the local teams. You know, uh, the Rochester Red Wings, they were a um, baseball team. Mm-hmm. The Batavia Clippers. Oh, and I'll give you another story. Please do. I was a waitress at the Dagwood Restaurant <laughs> in the summers. And the local baseball team 
They would uh, come and live in, in homes in Batavia, but they would come to the Dagwood restaurant. And of course, us young 16, 17-year-old girls thought these guys were pretty darn cute. And I remember there was one fellow um, that I went out with one time, and his he played for the Batavia Clippers, and I remember his name was Steve Blast. Mm -hmm. And he was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates when they won the World Series way back when. Yep. And of course, I, I keep telling my grandchildren that story too. This is Steve who? Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, we, um, we didn't follow football, just the local, you know, the high school teams. Um, but it was mostly baseball, and, uh, and that was really about it. Well, good. You had a lot of choices. It's a, it's a unique uh, place to grow up where you have a couple of different teams to follow. Mm -hmm. And I do remember the story of Steve Blast because I did go out um, way back when and find a baseball card of his that I bought. And uh, so I still have that today. It's definitely one I have not gotten rid of. <laughs> so, Howie, <laughs> back in the day, uh, was there some influences you had besides Aunt Doris? Uh, maybe on getting you thinking differently, thinking, believing in yourself, some confidence, uh, like teachers, coaches. What sports did you play uh, growing up and in school? Well, I didn't play too many sports. I, I tried out for the baseball team. Didn't make it. I got cut. Wasn't any good. Uh, played CLO basketball in grammar school. Mm. And I was, played the left side of the bench. <laughs> But uh, sports, you know, I always liked it with the kids, encouraged them, and that's how I became a coach uh, in basketball here in Northville. But uh, baseball, in Newark, New Jersey, we had a minor league baseball team called the Newark Bears. Hmm. And they were a subsidiary of the Yankees right across the river from New York. But also there was a team called the Jersey City Giants, subsidiary of the New York Giants. And uh, that's who my team was, the Giants, because I hated the Yankees also. <laughs> but, uh, oh, John, I'm going to pause now. Let okay. me think about some more. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, very interesting. I love hearing these stories of, uh, of the yesteryear. And I do remember distinctly growing up Listen to Tigers games, watching Tiger games. Uh, you guys taking me and Laura to plenty of games at, at Tiger Stadium. Um, and then also even going down to uh, the hockey games, um, the Great Lakes Invitational. You know, we get at Christmas time, we'd a um, couple cards on the tree, we'd open those up, and it was, uh, you know, four tickets for, you know, the game is usually the next day or next two days of the college teams playing down at Joe Lewis Arena. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. So I definitely, you know, can credit both of you to uh, my introduction to sports and, and Dad definitely the, the coaching of basketball, which has been a big thing in my life. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been neat watching. And, you know, what we're talking right here in the kitchen. Tigers game is on. It's unmuted. So I don't know the score now, but uh, pretty, one to nothing. <laughs> pretty typically both my parents, they can probably honestly say that they watch or listen to, I would say, just about almost every game of the Tigers, uh, and they're big basketball fans too. They like watching uh, college college basketball, and uh, so it's it's really neat having them around as far as for the sports stuff, which has definitely been a positive influence on me. Another quick question. If you could 
give advice to your 20-year-old self, what would it be? It could be one item. It could be a couple items. So even be fat. Because I find it absolutely amazing that both of you wound up in Detroit from, I mean, it wasn't that far away, especially you, Mom, growing up in, in western New York. But Dad, definitely different coming from New Jersey because I told my students at school um, when I started looking at careers, um, teaching wasn't the first one. And sports medicine, broadcasting, and hotel restaurant management, that's what I was kind of interested in going up to Central first year. And then finding out that out of a whole bunch of other things, I'd probably have to move, whether it was for you know an internship or to start um, you know, with the company and get transferred around a lot. I, I didn't have the guts or the whatever, enough to want to do that. I, I knew I kind of wanted to stay in Michigan. So I, first of all, find it very interesting that you guys were willing to leave um, to come out here because that's how you met, which was great. Um, but I'm just wondering, your 20-year-old self, what would, you, what would you advise yourself back coming out of high school, let's say, that, that, that time frame, Mom? Oh, boy. <clears throat> well, would I be a 20-year-old today or a 20-year-old back in the 50s? That's the difference. It is different, yeah. I would probably go to say when you were 20 years old back in time, back in your time. Okay. Well, that's tough. That would, that would take some thought. Um, I guess if um, the advice I'd give them today, well, I probably did... Uh, this is this is really tough. Um, the only one I really give a lot of advice to these days is Howard. <laughs> so you don't you don't give advice to yourself, or well, you've never no, thought of that yeah, back in the day. Really thought of it, but um, yeah, if I were back then, if I had a grandmother to give me advice, uh, I guess I'd say don't um, don't judge people too harshly. Mm. And don't um, don't try to ask people or want people to do things the way you want them to do. I still have a problem with that, but yeah. uh, sometimes people have to learn their own way, and they have to um, they have to fail, and we shouldn't judge them for what they do. Mm-hmm. Or the choices they make, but the choices they make um, let them affect. It, it affects them, and it, it affects other people too. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I would, you know, try to be, uh, you know, ad- advise myself um, not to judge people mm-hmm. uh, as much as I probably have over the years, or when I was twenty. Mm-hmm. You know how, you know, your friend did this, your friend did that. Oh, aren't they? You know, and I, I see a lot of young girls and boys do that today. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's probably, you know, some advice that uh, I might uh, give myself at 20. But I had to think about it. It's, mm. it's not an easy question. Thanks a lot, John. <laughs> and put the thinking cap on for that one. Yeah. Well, that, you mentioned that. That is definitely one I've, I've mentioned in myself and uh, the two coaches I work with uh, over at Dakota High School, uh, Phil and Don, saying the same thing. Judging less um, 
and accepting people for, for where they're at. Love them where they're at, you know, especially if you try and walk in their shoes a little bit too, knowing that everybody goes through stuff. Everybody has stuff going on. and uh, So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because that would definitely be a point of that I would echo to myself too uh, now. And I would definitely give myself the same advice along with probably having more confidence and not giving up on things sooner than that. Okay, Howie, did I give you enough time to think about that one? What, yes, advice, yeah. what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? Well, now that I have 20-20 hindsight... And vision. And vision, yes. <laughs> uh, I would say, don't waste your time. i got to tell you, when I was young and growing up, I took the easy way out mm. every chance I got. Mm. Didn't challenge myself even though I could have and should have. But uh, I missed a lot. I could have probably done a lot more with my life had I buckled down and knuckled down. But uh, still no, everything has turned out pretty well. And uh, where I ended up, I wouldn't change it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. And I, I would probably have that same thought as far as probably working harder, even though I kind of knew in the moment, especially back in high school. Picked up in college where I started putting more effort into things, but uh, that's a very good point. Yes, mother's got another point. One more thing, and then I am going to turn my microphone off. Oh, we're almost done. Yes. Food for thought. I read this someplace recently. You are your first zip code. Hmm. It made me think a lot. Of course, back then we didn't have zip codes, but (laughs) your your upbringing really means a lot. But you can change your lot in life also. Very good point. Yeah, you are are who you are from Mm -hmm. where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, Two more points I got. One is uh, Jim Rohn has talked about your best mentor is your past. Because you are the one that's gone through that, right? And so the lessons, you, you, you've been through it. Other people have been part of it, but you've been through it. Um, so I think that fits into it where you, your past is your best mentor. It's always there. The lessons that you have and haven't learned. And, um, and now, you know, they added the interest as far as not changing a thing. That's good because I wouldn't either. You know, even going through the, the stupid stuff and... You know, the health issues and all that, winding up where I am, um, definitely definitely is a positive. Last question. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> it's, it's only after 3 o'clock. We're good. We're doing good. <laughs> last question is, and I got this from just John O'Leary, who I read his book last summer and I listen to his podcast now. Um, if you had the opportunity, it could be the, any setting you want, but the setting he described is always uh, a park bench, overlooking the ocean, just a nice peaceful setting. And you could sit and have a conversation with anybody, living or dead, who would it be and why? (laughs) The wheels are turning again. Where does he get these things? That's what I questions. Yeah, John O'Leary gave me this one. And he just popped out at me. Well, I mean, there's a lot of famous people that I could probably come up with. Living or dead, 
Okay. Um, well, I would sit on a beach, either Marco Island, Florida, or South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I can't go to sleep at night, I think, oh, let me think of that beach. Um, have a conversation with. This is probably not the only person sure. I would want to have a conversation with. We could almost turn it into a golf foursome. There's three other people that you would like to be on the golf course with, for example, or on the beach. It could be more than one. Well, right now, um, um, maybe, maybe JFK. Hmm. I've been watching a special a little bit on the Kennedy Lives, and um, I think he would be a good conversationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm too old for him to make a move on. <laughs> of course, he's old. Well, wait a minute. He's older than I okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would like to um, have a conversation with him um, about his uh, upbringing, uh, his war experiences, um, and what it was like to be president and all the things that happened in a, in a very short time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there'll be others that I wish I had mentioned, but uh, right now that's the one that, that uh, came to mind. That's a good one. That's a good one because you were around, you know, and uh, obviously you remember exactly where you were on that uh, fateful day in November uh, when you were shot down in Dallas. Oh, absolutely. I th- There's certain things you remember where you were. The first one was when JFK got shot. I was at Ford Motor Company. And all of a sudden, these men in suits were running up and down the hall, which never happened at Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. And uh, we heard about it, and uh, I lived with a friend. We couldn't afford a television, so we went over to her parents' house in Allen Park to watch the TV coverage. Mm. And uh, a couple other things I remember where I was. Um, uh, what was the name of the, the space shuttle that... Oh, Challenger. The Challenger. Yeah, I was at work yeah. listening to the radio <clears throat> when that went down. And also, of course, 9-11. Mm-hmm. On my way to work again. Um, yeah, I also remember when John was born. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Important yeah, that's good. <clears throat> that was it. That's interesting. <laughs> Howie, how about you? Being able to sit on a bench overlooking, you know, is there a favorite place and having a conversation with somebody who, Living or who have passed on, and who would that be? Well, my favorite place, I think, would be up in Keene Bound in New York, up in mm-hmm. mountains. And there's spots there I go by the side of the river and used to drown worms. <laughs> but uh, as far as someone to talk to, I think somebody like a sports figure, like Casey Stengel, mm. someone like that to get. Wait a minute, he was a Yankee. <laughs> Not all the time. Wait okay, I'm sorry, I'll take it back. Leo DeRosha. Because the rainy day was his wife, and she's pretty nice lady. Good looking lady. But uh, yeah, just get some insight into goings on of behind the scenes of baseball and how these guys grew up and trained and all that kind of stuff. That'd be interesting. Uh, I stay away from politics, especially at that age. <laughs> but uh, that's about it. Yeah, that's good. thank you. It's good. 
Yeah, awesome answers. Yeah, I could I could see both those. And I like how both you have your favorite place that you would like to just sit and have a conversation with. So anything else as we want to wrap things up here? He said one more question. Okay. And he keeps going on and on. Okay, and on. no more questions. I don't know who he got that from. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Columbo? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. One more thing. Because you would thing. turn around to walk away. Oh, just one more thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing that to you, so don't worry. Thank you. Okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, hopefully uh, maybe we can try this again sometime and talk about some different subjects, because this is very enjoyable for me, and I hope you uh, didn't find it too boring, because I'm enjoying it. I'm smiling here, and, and my dad, before we started, said, hey, is this video? Or No, no, no video. But I wish you could see it, because we're smiling and kind of having some fun here. So... Um, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this and uh, let me know what you think of this. And I'm looking forward to having some more guests on here. And uh, once again, you can find me over on Facebook uh, at coach to expect success and on Twitter at coach to success. And uh, like I said, hopefully things are going well for you and take care and we'll talk again soon. See you.